Do the A's have enough room on their projected payroll to keep their, their core together? If they do make a trade and trade one of their core guys, who would it be from a financial and competitive aspect? All that and more on today's episode of Locked on A's. You are Locked on A's. Your daily Oakland A's podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. It's time for Locked On A's. Stepping to the mic, it's your host, Jason Burke. How's it going, A's fans? And welcome to episode 367 of the Locked On A's podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. I am your host, noted baseball fan, Jason Burke. And on today's episode, we have a lot of numbers for you guys that I'm going to be running down from the A's projected arbitration salaries. I'll get into all of that stuff as the episode moves along. But before we get into anything, make sure to keep keep making this your first lesson. I like this being my first lesson. This is my first talk, and then I listen to it back myself. It's fantastic. So thank you guys and everybody for making this your first listen of the day. Also, make sure to subscribe to our YouTube channel. Uh, it, it's burgeoning. People are finding it slowly but surely. We're having a great time over there. And if you're already on YouTube, like, comment, subscribe, do all the things down there. Uh, follow us on social media at Locked On A's on Twitter and Instagram. I'm at ByJasonB on Twitter and the Spotify Green Room app. If you guys have any questions for us, please send those to LockedOnAthletics at gmail.com. But let's get into today's episode. Again, lots of numbers, and I'm going to try and explain where the A's stand with their projected payroll for 2022. Do they have enough financial room to add a difference maker via free agency or trade? Sometimes they, they pull a rabbit out of their hat and they can compete with somebody that they got. And they're like, oh, they found something in this guy. Can they do that again? We're going to discuss. Uh, do they need to make some moves to clear a payroll in order to reconstruct their roster into a contender? Or are they going to tear it down? What, what are the options here for the A's? We're going to do all of this on today's episode. It's going to be a lot of fun. So let's get into it. According to MLB trade rumors, the A's core is going to be getting some pretty decent raises. In this first segment, I'm going to be going over the raises and what the payroll is going to stand out. So let's start with the guys who have locked in salaries. And that is Steven Biscotti, who's going to be getting $7.58 million. You got Elvis Andrews, who's going to be getting $7 million from the A's. Uh, he's got some other money coming from the Rangers, but he's got $7 million counting towards the A's payroll. You got Andrew Chafin at $5.25 million and Jake Diekman at $4 million. And again, I've said this on previous podcasts, Diekman is a team option with a $750,000 buyout, so it's not guaranteed that his money will be counting towards the payroll. I'll discuss that a little bit later. And then also, Andrew Chafin's is a mutual option, so that means that the A's and Andrew Chafin both have to say yes in order for him to opt in and return to the green and gold in 2022. So the team salary numbers that I'm going to go over here in a minute, a couple of minutes from now, uh, have both Diekman's and Chafin's salaries included, baked into the, the added or the, the pay, projected payroll for 2022. So just keep that in mind. A little make a note. <laughs> so let's go over the arbitration estimates from MLB Trade Rumors, who are usually pretty decent at being 
very close to the ballpark on what these players end up signing for. So <clears throat> first up, we're going with Shamanaya. He's going to be making a lot of money. Uh, he's set up for a very, very nice raise, according to MLB Trade Rumors, at $10.2 million in his final year of arbitration before he hits the free agent market. So that's one more year of team control. He's got uh, followed by uh, Chris Bassett, who's projected for $8.8 million in his final year. You got Chad Pender getting a slight raise in his final season after an injury plague season. Uh, he's going to be getting 2.8, according to the estimates. Not going to be getting, he's projected to be getting $2.8 million. Matt Chapman's getting a pretty decent bump at $9.5 million in his second year of arbitration. And also in his second year of arbitration, Matt Olson is going all the way up to $12 million projected earnings for 2022 because of his fantastic 2021 season. And that is more than doubling his salary from this the season that he just had and setting up for a very, very nice payday in his third year of arbitration eligibility. So are they going to keep Matt Olson? I, I had a customer come in yesterday and they were like, ah, I, I just hope that they don't trade Chapman and Olson. And I'm like, ah, Olson's the, his values at its peak right now. He's the one that I'm scared of losing right now. He's integral to the team and their success moving forward in 2022, but also his his value is so high right now. And I don't want to say burn it all to the ground and start over because we're A's fans, we're used to that. I want to enjoy, enjoy Matt Olson on a winning team just one more time. That'd be great. So it's going to be rough. That's 12 million. $12 million, and it's going to be rough to see him staying for 2023. So do they pull the plug early? Because you know that the A's love to trade him too early than too late. So I guess we'll see. But moving on with the arbitration train, we got Tony Kemp projected for $2.2 million. And for what he did on the diamond in 2021, that is a absolute steal. He was fantastic at the dish. He had like a 171 WRC plus. He was great. He worked on everything. He was making web gem plays every single day. I, I like watching Tony Kemp play baseball. That simple as that. I like watching Tony Kemp play baseball. $2.2 million. That that's a, that's a steal for what he brings to this club. Then you got Frankie Montas, another steal at $5.2 million, nearly tripling his salary from 2020. And that is a uh, well-deserved. He was really, really good for the Oakland A's in 2021. Uh, we got Lou Trevino projected for $2.9 million, and this is in his second year of arbitration. I believe, I couldn't find if this is true, but I believe that last year he was deemed a Super 2 because of his arbitration, or his, he gets basically a Super 2 is you get an extra arbitration year, so you get four years of arbitration instead of three, and that's because of service time. So he had served in the right percentile of service time, and then he gets an extra year of arbitration. So it's like a nice little, hey, it's a nice little boost for them, and it doesn't give the team any more control. So uh, he is still not going to be a free agent for another three years, even though this is going to be his second year of arbitration. Uh, Pete Cosma, the veteran that came up and got a hit and whatnot at the last weekend of the series, or last weekend of the season, He's going to be getting $600,000, according to MLB Trade Rumors. And Cosmo feels like somebody that they could probably just cut in November. They they don't necessarily need Pete Cosma, just because Nick Allen is going to be closer to being an actual option for the Oakland A's in 2022. Maybe, maybe 
on opening day, depending on how payroll shaking out, how they feel about Nick Allen, he's going to be there at some point in 2022. It's going to be, is it at the beginning of the season? Is it later on in the season? What do they want to do with Nick Allen moving forward? But I don't think that Pete Cosmo is probably going to be getting his $600,000 from the A's. He may have to sign another minor league deal elsewhere. Diolis Guerra is projected for $900,000. And for the role he'll likely have in the bullpen, that is another steal for the A's. Diolis Guerra was... Pretty good. I know that he faltered a little bit more down the, down the stretch of the season, but he was really good for the A's. He's going to be their use Petit of 2022. That no, no doubt about it in my mind right now. And then finally, you got Ramon Laureano projected for $2.8 million. And uh, that's probably a good deal. We, we don't know what to expect right now, but I'm expecting him to be fine when he comes back from uh, his suspension. So I assume that he'll be great. And, and so that means in total, with both options picked up and Cosma getting non-tendered by the A's in November, the A's payroll is projected to be roughly, roughly $89 million. This is basically the $81 million or so from the 14 guys that I just mentioned, uh, the four guys that are have their contracts in stone, and then also the other guys that are arbitration eligible, and then plus an additional 12 players making the major league minimum. So that they're going to be filling out their roster. You know, you got your Sean Murphys, you got your other guys that are making the, the major league minimum, and that's how you fill out the roster. And with all that, they would have an, a projected payroll of around $89 million heading into 2022. So with that in mind, the A's could theoretically, theoretically, field their full core if they wanted to, if they could make some other money work. But I, I don't know if they can find guys to play the outfield and pitch in relief and be like really, really good, important pieces at the major league minimum. So they're probably going to have to trim from somewhere. My guess is that the version of the team that they would field with all of their core and then just making up the other 12, half of their roster of major league minimum guys, it'd probably be fairly good, but probably not necessarily competitive in the postseason. Could they compete with the Mariners? Maybe. I, I'm not sure. Would they still be a third place team? Maybe. Could they be a second place team? Maybe. Could they maybe contend for, uh, you know, the, for the division crown? Depends on what the Astros do, really. So, if the A's were going to run it back for one more time, which player or players could they end up moving to clear some salary and still have a decent chance in October? Stay locked in with Locked On A's to find out. This episode is brought to you by Rock Auto. With the ever-increasing numbers of makes and models, it's now impossible for your local auto parts store to, find, to stock all of the parts that you need. Why end are often pointless or seemingly intimidating questioning and wait while the person behind the counter orders the parts on their computer, choosing the only brand their warehouse happens to carry. You have computers with access to rockauto.com at home and in your pocket. Save time and money when using Rock Auto. Why choose to spend 30 or 50 or even 100% more for the same parts from a chain store or car dealership? RockAuto.com is a family business and they've been serving do-it-yourselfers online for 20 years. And RockAuto.com prices are always reliably low for every customer. So go to rockauto.com right now and see all of the parts available for your car or truck, right? Locked on in there. How did you hear about us box and let them know that we sent you amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need rockauto.com. 
Welcome back to the Lockdown Ace Podcast. If you guys are enjoying the show, make sure to subscribe to our new YouTube channel and also make sure to follow the podcast wherever you like to hear podcasts. Follow us on social media at Lockdown A's on Twitter and Instagram. I'm at ByJasonB on Twitter and in the Spotify Green Room app. If you guys have any questions for us, please send those to LockdownAthletics at gmail.com. Also, one more time, thank you guys so much for making this your first listen of the day. Lockdown A's is free and available on all podcast platforms. But let's get into it. If the A's need to make a trade, what are they going to do? I'd be fairly surprised if the A's didn't make a trade that hurt at least a little bit just because I, I feel like they need to do that this winter. Uh, and it, it it pains me to say it, but that's, I think my, my true feeling is I think that that is probably what's going to happen is they're going to make one, at least one trade that hurts. So with so many players getting pretty decent raises in arbitration, that's usually just how it goes in Oakland. You see payroll go up. They're like, all right, let's cut that. And then, so it's what I'm expecting. If it doesn't happen, I'll be very happy. And if they don't make it, whatever, it's fine. I got to watch all these guys play one more year and I'll be very, very happy. And I'd be very surprised if the A's just didn't do any of that. But as I just went over in the first segment, the A's could theoretically keep most of their players together for at least the beginning of the 2022 season and see where they are around the trade deadline before starting a full-on trade a, a, a trade deadline fest. They could have a complete fire sale if they wanted to at the trade deadline, but see how it goes at the beginning of the season. If they look like a juggernaut, they're like, sure, let's go for it. But if they don't, then they're like, all right, well, sell everybody at the trade deadline. And we gave our fans another few months with some of their favorite players. So if they're going to trade one player, who could it be? I know most fans would say Piscotti or Andrews just because fans don't like those two players and they're making a decent amount of money uh, because they're basically combined to making around $15 million. But keep in mind that neither player has a ton of trade value and neither player is necessarily great. And who would want to pay them seven or seven and a half million dollars? That seems like a rough bargain. I think, I don't think that's going to happen, but I think that it's possible that these could move one or both of these guys, but they'd have to eat a significant amount of the money owed to them and may just get a middling prospect in return, if anything. And they'd save like a one or two million dollars. It'd be some team taking a flyer on Piscotti or Andrews, probably Piscotti because Andrews still has that option uh, year in 2023 that We'll figure out if that's a player option or a team option. I think it might have switched when he got traded, but uh, depending on where you look, it's different. So we'll find out when it happens, I guess. But I think that it's definitely worth exploring moving one of those two guys just because they're not necessarily big parts of the plans for the A's moving forward and they're owed a decent amount of money. But I wouldn't be spending a lot of time and energy trying to uh, find a trade partner for either of those two guys either. So... Of the main arbitration guys, my thinking is basically who is the one player that is set up to make a decent amount of money that the A's may be able to compete without. So in other words, uh, the prospect return might not be great, but moving the money could make it worth it for the A's to go pursue other guys in free agency or free up some cap space, not cap space, but you know their own projected cap uh, and go, go make a trade for a guy that costs $4 million or something like that. Who, who could they move in that regard? And the guy that I keep landing on, and it pains me to say this because I love this man so much, is Sean Manaya, who is projected to make $10.2 million. The only reason that I say Manaya 
could be the odd man out is because the A's have decent rotation depth if everybody stays healthy, which nobody ever, except for this season, no rotation ever stays healthy. Uh, then they still got, you know, Bassett and Montas, Caprilli and Irvin, Jeffries, and they could find a, another starter that would be pretty decent that could cost them a lot less than $10.2 million. They got, again, they got Cole Irvin from the Phillies for cash, and they were fairly similar pitchers. You take out the, the Mariners' stats, which is like six starts for Cole Irvin, and he was, he was like a 3-5 pitcher. He was really, really good. He had a 3-5 ERA, whereas Manaya had a 3.91 ERA, which was good for the most... He was better than the ERA suggests, I think. He had a really, really crappy August, or, and it just... Uh, it kind of snowballed. It, it really inflated his stats. That month of August just inflated his stats. And a couple of other bad starts, like uh, in Boston, he did not have a great game either. So it just feels like the A's could find someone to put up a similar ERA for the league minimum. minimum there you go. League minimum. Uh, kind of like Cole Irvin did last year. That, that's basically my reasoning on this one. They have a little bit of depth, and it feels like they might be able to find somebody or maybe two somebodies to create a little bit of depth and also be fairly effective, just like Shamanaya. Um, are, are they going to be as good as peak Shamanaya? No, but could they be as good as average Shamanaya? Maybe. So I think that that might be part of the reasoning there for why I landed on Shamanaya. This is just based off the of stats and his money. It's not. It's not because I don't love you, Sean. Um, again, I do not want Shamanaya to go anywhere. He is one of my favorite A's. He has been since the moment that he debuted. I got very, very... I saw him pitch in the Fall League All-Stars game. That was amazing. I was so hyped for that. Was that 2015? He was amazing. I, I, I love Shamanaya. He's been great. He's just a great guy in the clubhouse. He's a great guy in general. I love Shamanaya, but trying to give you guys the inside scoop and get into the, the brains of an executive, and this is how... I would approach it if I was an A's executive, if I'm being honest. So if we're talking about money and performance being key factors, his projected salary is the second highest on the club and his performance as it is not as irreplaceable as Matt Olson. So if we see Manaya on the move, I wouldn't be shocked for those reasons. Could his clubhouse presence keep him in the, in the clubhouse? Maybe, maybe that's what keeps him around. It's him being just an, an all around swell dude, but if you're looking at it from a financial and on-the-field perspective, maybe maybe he's the odd man out. So there's a chance that they could non-tender him, but which basically means uh, that they would not offer him a contract. In our, and, you know, we're not going to go through arbitration with you. We're just not going to tender you a contract. And that would basically be their, their route if they couldn't find a trade partner, but they didn't want to pay him on arbitration. And I don't think that they would do that, but maybe just to save the money and not pay them? I don't know. But uh, also non-tendering somebody means that they can sign anywhere while trading them. You get a say in the, in where they go. So he could sign with the Astros if he wanted to. He could sign to play against the A's if he wanted to. He doesn't seem like a vindictive guy, but he could, if he wanted to, play for a team that would be in contention with the A's in the American League, and that could hurt them too. And the A's also would not get compensation for Shamanaya if they just non-tendered him instead of trading him. So with all of that said, it may not be imperative for the A's to move on from Manaya or any other players on the roster. There is another route that could work and would allow the A's to bring back a competitive roster. And I'm going to be going over that next. So stay locked in with Locked On A's and I'll be right back.
We're back and better than ever. All eyes are on the gridiron as teams are back for another football season. As always, Bet Online is your number one spot for all pro and college football action this season. With a new updated site and interface, even more odds, props, and contests, Bet Online continues to be the number one source for everything football. Head on over to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today and receive a 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Don't forget to use the promo code locked on to receive your bonus. If you haven't been listening to the ads this week and this is your first time hearing this, they have changed the code to locked on. That is the new promo code that you have to use to get your 50% welcome bonus. So remember, locked on is the bonus that you want. And, and that's the bonus that you want to use for football, basketball, boxing, playoff baseball, which is really heating up. It got exciting. Uh, right down to your favorite Vegas casino games. Don't wait to take advantage of all the amazing offers available for the 2021 season. Bet Online is the fastest and easiest way to place a bet on all of your favorite sports. And that is why Bet Online is where the game starts. Welcome back to the Locked On Ace podcast. If you guys are enjoying the show, make sure to hit subscribe on wherever you like to hear podcasts, follow our new YouTube channel, follow us on social media at Locked On A's on Twitter and Instagram. I'm at by Jason B on Twitter and the Spotify green room app. If you guys have any questions for us, please send those to LockedOnAthletics at gmail.com. I want to get a mailbag going. Fill up my inbox. I want to hear your questions. I want to field your questions. I want to answer your questions. Send me your emails, you guys. But let's get back into this one. So one of the ways to not trade anyone and still bring everybody back would be for John Fisher to spend some money. This is not going to happen willingly, but he could be forced to spend a certain amount of money if a salary floor goes into effect during this winter CBA negotiations. Do we have any other intel other than, you know, some other speculation? No, but it could be a thing. It, it could be a legitimate topic of discussion during the CBA negotiations. So maybe the A's will have to spend like $100 million under threat of penalty. Pet, not death, but penalty. Maybe. I, I'm kind of hoping for it. <laughs> but uh, the owners have already proposed a salary floor of $100 million with some preliminary negotiations going on. So... Maybe it's something that will actually be considered and potentially even implemented. I'd be very on board, I think. I'd have to read a little bit more. But initial take, being an Ace fan, yes, make my owner spend more money because he doesn't like to do that. And if there was a salary floor put in place, there would also probably be a salary cap, which I'm not as wild about. And the Players Union probably wouldn't be on board for that either because that would be essentially limit the amount of money that the top stars of the game can make. Uh, you're not going to be able to pay guys 40, 35, 40, or even more money moving forward as uh, you know inflation keeps going on if you can only spend like $180 million as an entire team. And if, I assume that they would make those penalties a lot more than what's happening right now because the Dodgers are like $70 million over the, the salary cap. And... Uh, it doesn't seem to phase them whatsoever. So they'd have to make those penalties actually harsh. So that we'll see what happens in the CBA, I guess. But we'll have plenty of time to discuss the labor negotiations this winter. But there is another pathway that is not just John Fisher's heart growing three sizes or him being forced to spend more money. And that would be involved. And it wouldn't in trade, tra uh, trading anybody. And that would be 
to decline the options on Jake Diekman and his $40 million option with $375,000 buyout or Andrew Chafin and his $5.25 million contract uh, mutual option. Uh, Diekman's options may be declined anyway because of, you know, up and down performance. And Chafin has had a pretty solid last couple of seasons. So maybe he rejects his side of the mutual option and seeks out a multi-year deal on the free agent market instead because he's been a pretty good reliever. He had like a one-something year. He was really, really good in 2021. He was also very, very good in 2020. Maybe he tries to turn that into a multi-year deal as opposed to taking the 5.25 from the A's in 2022. That's one option. There's a chance that the A's could re-sign Andrew Chafin for something like two years and $10 million, which doesn't sound like a huge increase, but it would be guaranteed extra money for him, another $4.75 million. And it would also save the A's around a quarter of a million dollars, which isn't a lot, but it is something. Maybe they could do something with that. Uh, And that could also just be wishful thinking. (laughs) The A's likely wouldn't keep him for the second year of that deal because they're going to have to trade guys away at some point. So... He'd be here for one year for a little bit less, and then the A's wouldn't have to pay him in 2022, and unless he was bad, or in 2023, I'm sorry. And they could just trade him, and he could go to a team that's in contention that wants him, and uh, you know it, it would work out well for both sides still, I think, even if he did take that small payroll cut in 2022. And if the A's ended up with neither reliever, then that would save the club about $8.5 million heading into 2022. Diekman's buy, uh, and that's after uh, Diekman's buyout as well. So that's why the 4 and 5.25 doesn't add up. It's Diekman's buyout being included in that. But it would also leave them with two more bullpen holes in an already depleted group of bullpen arms. Uh, basically, the A's would have Lou Trevino and Diolos Guerra and then, like, Sam Mole, Domingo Acevedo, A.J. Puck, and maybe one of the extra starters. And by, I mean extra, like, quote-unquote extra, because injuries happen, too. And maybe they could use one of the extra starters as the long men. They'd have a lot of work to do to make that a functional group. Um, I don't know that that's, that screams contender to me, is having Sam Mole and Domingo Acevedo and A.J. Puck being your 3-4-5 guys in the, in the bullpen. But maybe they could find some guys on the scrap heap and uh, turn them into what Diolos Guerra was this year or better. I Whatever the Giants did, do that, I guess is my answer to that. But uh, that's where the A's stand right now with their payroll. If John Fisher isn't going to spend more money, uh, whether out of the goodness of his own heart or because he is forced to, then we're probably going to be seeing at least one big piece on the move in order to make the finances work and also put an interesting team on the field because... They want to build a stadium. They want ballpark. I don't like saying stadium. They want to build a ballpark. Whether it's in Oakland, whether it's in Las Vegas, whether it's in another city. Um, they, they want to build something. So they're going to have to be interesting, I think, until they start putting shovels in the ground. And then they can come up with a better plan. Whether it's going to be to build for the team that's going to be there when you know the, the, the doors open. Or if it's going to be... Uh, you know, we'll just be okay, and then we'll kind of hit our stride, then we'll find out as we learn more news. But similar to what we saw with the A's trading away uh, Jesus Luzardo at the trade deadline because they wanted Miami to pick up all uh, Starling Marte's remaining salary, um, I I think they could make some moves like that where they're just trading away the money and then kind of getting a return, but they're mostly getting rid of the money in those those deals. Um, Kind of like the... Elves Andrews deal as well. Maybe we see some of those moves. I 
it's going to be tough to see. I, I don't know, but hopefully this exercise was helpful. Um, before I get out of here, though, I wanted to say one last time, thank you guys so much for making Locked On A's your first lesson of the day. Now go make Locked On MLB your second lesson where Sully is running down all the goings on of the MLB postseason. He's definitely going to have some thoughts on how the Dodgers and Giants game ended last night. And Locked On MLB is free and available on all platforms. Uh, tomorrow, I'm going to be talking about the A Stadium situation, probably some other uh, postseason ramblings and going over my picks to click from the ALDS and NLDS and how they did and how smart I look now. Some of them clicked. Some of them did not click. <laughs> so I'll go over some of that stuff for you guys too. But um, just the latest updates on the A Stadium situation. That'll be the first segment in uh, this afternoon's podcast. I'll be recording on Friday afternoon to get you guys another one for your, hopefully, work time commute back home. So anyways, that is it for me today, guys. So until next time, go out and celebrate good times, Oakland, and I will talk at you tomorrow. Tomorrow.